0: well good evening tonight brothers and sisters in Christ for those who are listening welcome to another uh another teaching another sermon uh on unashamed ministries uh, I want to introduce myself my name is Pastor Eugene and um, I'm from here from Jerome idaho very small place and I just want to let, thank you for all for tuning in uh I didn't do another one yesterday um I've totally spaced out but father God I was at a game. Uh, a Christian game and watching a, uh, with the pastor, my senior pastor, and we were out with another brother and just fellowshipping with the other believers and supporting the teammates uh, out there that were playing against the opponents. Um, just seen a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that happened, a lot of injuries that happened to both players. Um, just started seeing a lot of, a lot of tension, you know, a lot, a lot of, man, just a lot of, like battling when it comes to sports competition, you know, we've got families there supporting their loved ones. But, you know, how many of us when we go to a game to cheer on our individual son or daughter, you know, and then we, we get, we kind of get riled up in the flesh and we just like trying to talk down on another individuals, uh um, you know, on the opposite team. But, you know, how many of us have ever been in that experience? How many of us actually ever been in where we disrespect someone's presence or we disrespect them and talk down on them? Like, you know, my son's better than you. He can run better than you or he can do this than, you know, this and this, yada, yada. When it comes to sports, it's all, I've started to see that yet last night at the game. I started to perceive and I, the Lord showed me a lot last night. Um, and it's got a lot to do and we're going to talk about, but just to sh- get it off get it out there in the open. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, we, we uplifted the, the, the player, you know, he got a scholarship offered to him and he broke his leg at the game. His name was, uh his name was Tyler. Just wanted to uplift Tyler in prayer due to his injury, you know, but it's, he's going to recover his ACL, but he will recover from it. You know, takes about six weeks, maybe more. But the thing is, is that, what I learned, the Lord showed me, you know, was, you know, see, seeing a brother represent for Christ. Okay, you know, so we, we, with the opponent, you know, on the team, you know, the player got injured, but then another player got injured on their team. And the remark of response is when you disrespect the Lord in a way of saying and trying to like, ha ha ha, your team, your, your, your guys is a, your guys is like player got injured too. But we do not give that back to them for what they did to us. We do not give that back to them in disrespect. Amen. We too represent the Father in a way of like, hey, you know, man, I hope your player is all right. You know, pray for the player, you know, pray for those outside of faith, pray for, you know, pray for them, uplift them, encourage them, you know, because that's what we're about. We're not, we're about followers of Christ. We're about going the second mile. What's going the second mile? is representing truly for the Lord Jesus Christ, not just, you know, being this type of sugar-coated Christian, not, and not being a picky Christian either, who pick your side, pick, pick and choose who you're going to be with with around brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not like that. We're not that type of church, which do not, in a matter of fact, we're not to even become that kind of church. And tonight, we're going to show... When it comes to being believers in, in Christ Jesus and representing them out in, out here in the world, being the light to the world, amen, and being good, the good salt of the earth. And you've got to continue to have that good salt in the eyes of the Lord. So he, when, he, when he, he sees the sweet, sweet taste of aroma, uh, 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 of a well, well, well smelling one of all the souls of his people who worship him and serve him and and, and go the second mile for the people, for other people not yourself for other people. That's representing the Lord. That's giving him honor. That's giving him praise. And what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to go to 2 Kings and we're going to go to 2 Kings 2 and we're going to read the verses 19 to 24. But I'm going to go back a little bit in and on the sec, on the same chapter and we're going to talk about a man named Elisha with the S H A, not a J A H. We're gonna talk about Elisha. See, Elisha walked with Elijah, and Elijah didn't do much miracles. Matter of fact, he didn't even do miracles at all at the moment. That's why he was along beside Elijah because he saw the spirit of the Lord on Elijah. Elijah was a third one of the human beings that actually got taken up by a fiery chariot by the Lord Jesus Christ. An angel of the Lord came down and, and, and just scooped him up. So we're gonna talk about Elijah and, and, and the miracles. And I'm gonna show you, and this is crazy. Because Elijah only did two miracles. Matter of fact, Elijah was a water boy. And I'll give you this insight sneak preview. Uh, when we read down the line, but I want to go ahead and, uh, before we get started, let's just, I just want to open up a prayer for y'all that were listening that the Lord will give you insight, give you, re- you know, revelation on this. Now, as a matter of fact, not just revelation, but give you major insight that spiritually you can perceive it. It's for you. And who, you know, when I say it's for you, the Lord, the Lord tells me the same way. It's for you. No one else. It's just for you. Each and one of us. It's for you. And for those who don't believe in Jesus, I want to let you know, if you're tuning in, I love you. You may not know me in person, but I just want to let you know, welcome. Welcome always, with open arms. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to put you down. But I just want to give you what the Lord has put in my heart. So this is for you. This is Free 99. Free 99. Matter of fact, it's a gift from God for you. Jesus is the major major investment should be in your life it's not an investment it's a relationship you should get And you see Elijah and we're gonna go to we're gonna go ahead and read and you see it says right here in verse 9 and this is where it talks about where this is when Elijah is about to go up to heaven okay this is when Elijah was about to go to heaven with the Lord and you see in verse 9 and in 2 Kings 2 9 what it says. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. I'm going to read down the line on verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you a little down the line, but did you, you catch a glimpse? This is when Elijah's about to go to heaven. But, but Elisha's asking Elijah, man, just give me, cause you had the spirit of the Lord with you. Give me some of that Jesus with me. Let me have some of that Jesus. Let me have, matter of fact, I want to do something for him. I want to do a miracle for him. I, I want the Lord to do that for me. And we're going to go down here. And the reason why the topic is called, don't disrespect the presence of God, because I'm going to tell you about Elijah and we're, we're going to go, we're going to break it down. And I'm going to tell you why the topic is this when it comes to a servant of the Lord. And so check this out. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. See, Elijah was already going up. See in verse 12, And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. See, he said it with an exclamation mark. You can imagine, out in the wilderness is going on, and he's and he's crying out, he's crying out for what he's seeing. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his clo- his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. See, you hear that that word two. See, before he asked Elijah for 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 a double portion. Double portion is not just is not does not mean one. It means two. You ever go to McDonald's? You get that the quarter pounder, you know, that mm, double quarter mm. pounder, two meat, two pieces of meat on it. <laughs> and see so the thing is, you hear that, you see that two thing right there. I'm going to tell you why it was two. Why you see that word two on it? See, thirteen. He also took up the mantle of Elijah and had that that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. See verse fourteen. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, "Where is the Lord God of Elijah?" You see, right here in this moment, and I'm going to go right to it. See, Elijah doubted himself. He doubted and questioned, "Where's Elijah's God? Where, where's God? Where, where's the God that of Elijah? Where is, where is he for me?" You see, Elijah. Elijah was. Elijah was very, very emotional. Elisha was very emotional because he wanted that experience with Jesus so badly. He wanted that experience what Elijah had, but he does not know what's greater in store for him down the line in the story. And it says. And it says here. And when he also had struck the water, it was divided. This way and that, and Elisha crossed over. You see, right in the moment after he just questioned, where is God, the God of Elijah? And, he went, and, and here Elijah left a piece of, uh, of his clothing behind, and, and here he, uh, is Elijah rolling it up, and he just grabs it and just smacks it into the water, and then all of a sudden, boom, and the water is divided. So you can imagine in the inside why you shouldn't disrespect God, the, the presence of the Lord, and question his attributes, question his authority, question of who he is, or doubt in any way. So Elijah learned a valuable lesson in, in, in not knowing the fact that just with the piece of clothing, he did a, he did a miracle. He did his first miracle. Split the water, boom, crossed over. And the people there, and we're going to read down, and and this is how they doubted, and I'm going to show you why. And it says here, in verse 15, 2 Kings 2, 15, and the word of God reads like this. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Verse 16. Then they said to him, Look now, there are fifty strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master. Let's lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or in some valley. And he said, you shall not send anyone. Let me tell you why. See, they, they they doubted and 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 questioned the presence of God in the moment when Elijah got taken up to heaven. It was not that wasn't even enough to convince them that that was Elijah's last day. And they questioned and they doubted the presence of God in a very disrespectful way, and saying, "Man, you just he's probably somewhere else, Elijah." You know, we're gonna go find him. You know, they just started like babbling. You can imagine, but Elisha knew that Elisha already went to heaven, he already ascended with the Lord in a physical form. And you see, down the line, it says here in verse 17. But when they urged him till he was ashamed, see, he was ashamed. What does that mean? He was getting, they were, they were continuing to, to egg it on on him. Like, man, you know, send those 50 men to go find him. And Elijah being emotional saying, all right, all right, go ahead. But you're not, Elijah already knew. You're not going to find him. You're not going to go and find Elijah. Elijah just left. He's with the Lord, but if you want to go out and try to find him, go ahead, go right ahead. But they disrespected the presence of God. They disrespected his the words that came out of Elijah's mouth. But then those weren't the words of Elijah; those were the word of God telling those people that he's not here. And it says here. But let me tell you. Let me also give you an insight when this is all happening. You remember in the New New Testament, when Jesus ascended into heaven, you can imagine the Romans were freaked out. So they went on a siege rampage, finding trying to find the Messiah. When the Messiah, when Jesus already said, three days, I'm going to rise from the grave. I will no longer be in the tomb. Matter of fact, I'm not going to be in the mortuary. So you can kind of align the same scenario situations going on. The Pharisees went out to go and try to find the body. But they couldn't. You see it says here. After him being ashamed he finally said to them. Send them. He said it with with authority. Go ahead and send them. If that's what you want to do. Go ahead and try to find him. But you're not going to find him. You're not going to find him. Imagine Elijah just sitting there. I don't know what else I can tell you. But if you want to go out and find him, and go ahead. And it says here, but when they urged him, like I said, I'm going to reread it. But when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send them. See, therefore, they sent 50 men. See, check this out. 50 men. They sent 50 people out in the wilderness to go find Elijah. Amen? But also... When they sent him these fifty men to go find Elisha, it's you look in the New Testament. It's the same symbolic, symbolic scenario like Jesus. When the when when after he said he was going to raise the third day, it's the same scenario situation. The Pharisees were told the body's not there. Where is he? We must go find the body. We must go find this Messiah. That's what a what that was a vision towards me. What I just got a glimpse of, like, whoa. And see, check this out. And it says here, (laughs) and and I hope you get this insight, because this is a symbolic situation of the New Testament of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you why. And check this out. I'm going to read verse 17, so you can get a good glimpse of exactly why you shouldn't disrespect the presence of God but when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send them. Therefore, they sent 50 men and they searched for three days, three days, but did not find him. So you can imagine in the New Testament scenario scenario situation, after three days, after three days, Jesus rose from the grave, no longer in the tomb. These men for three days, For those moments in time, we're looking for the body of Christ. We're trying to find him. He's not here. He's not here. Where is he at? Where is he at? And the angel of the Lord spoke and said, He's not here. He's risen. He's not here. And this is what Elijah's telling the people He's not here. You see in verse 18, And when they came back to him, for he had stayed in Jericho, he said to them, Did I not say to you, Do not go? You see, they disrespected the presence of God by doubting Elijah's words. You get what I'm saying? That's why you shouldn't disrespect the presence of the Lord. You shouldn't disrespect God's presence. Amen. See, in verse 19 says, I'm going to read a little bit on this, because this, is a, this just gets better for you, people. This gets better for you, brothers and sisters. Then the men of the city said to Elijah, please notice the situation of this city it is pleasant, as my Lord sees. But the water is bad, and the ground is barren. What does that mean? Okay, well, the water in that zone, in that scenario in Jericho, the water was contaminated with death. It was contaminated with sin. It was contaminated with with just this disease. So people weren't able to drink from this water. They weren't able to drink. Anybody that drank from it tasted death and died of the horrible disease or sickness. Let me tell you why it was like that. Because it lacked flavor. It lacked flavor. So this is a symbolic situation. It's it's called symbolic, but it's a scenario that took place. And I'll tell you why, why Elijah was a water boy. Because he had a double portion of the Spirit of the Lord on him because of Elijah. And the reason why that is, see, the Lord gave Elijah two miracles to perform. And this is the second. And I'll tell you why. And check this out. Verse 20 and he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. See, he said, bring me a new bowl and I want you to put some salt in this bowl. Okay. And that's what he's probably telling. Put some salt on this. But let me tell you, once the salt is in this bowl, it's not just going to be regular salt. This is some Jesus salt. This is a taste of the presence of the Lord. Why you shouldn't disrespect it. I'm going to give you insight. A matter of fact. Elijah had the bowl in his hand. And the salt. Is that good seasonal salt of the Lord. That comes from heaven. And his name was Jesus. And I tell you. Once the salt in the bowl. Was poured out into the water. I'm going to show you in the scripture. What happened. And he said bring me a bowl. Bring, bring me a new bowl. And put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Verse 21, and then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from it. There shall be no more death or bareness. And I'm going to show you why. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is that good salt flavor that we all need in our souls, in our lives. See, Jesus even quotes in scripture in the new Testament that we are the salt of the earth for those who have that good seasonal salt in their lives of Jesus Christ in their life that keeps that seasoning and seasoning and seasoning and seasoning. It's the same thing. What you should have you your light to this world like Elisha, even though he didn't do much, but he did two miracles. He held the water and he held the salt. He had two double portions of God's spirit in his life. And when he put the salt in the water, he put Jesus out there and purified that water that death is no longer contaminated, but the, by the blood of Jesus, is, it's purified. People are able to drink from the well. People were able to drink from that water source. And no longer taste death, but to live. You see, in this moment they were doubting him, they were questioning him, they were putting him down, making him emotional, but he never gave up and he said, Man, in, matter of fact, you, you guys complain to me about some water problems. Let me go ahead and give you some of this stuff. And I'll show you that once it once it's done, you're not you're not gonna have any more death in your life. Elijah, being the water boy, was also the exampleship of John the Baptist. Elijah became the water boy, like John. See, John baptized everybody in, by water, and so we're looking at a scenario situation. Same thing with Elijah's doing; is giving Jesus, uh, getting people prepped for this type of water. And all it needs is a little bit of good salt flavor of Jesus Christ. Who is, a sem- who, who is the, the scenario situation that will die upon the cross and shed for many sins that will be forgiven and given a new second chance, given a new life. So you shouldn't disrespect the Lord's presence because this in this situation, people were people were putting him down they were doubting him they were disrespecting his belief in Jesus his belief in God and and the thing is you shouldn't because this is this down here I'm going to share two more a couple more verses and I'm going to tell you why you should think very clear before before stepping out of line and coming against God <clears throat> you see before I give you that let the last couple of verses I'm going to tell you this You see, point one is don't turn away from God's truth. You see, don't turn away from God's truth. See, God's truth was over Elijah was to tell the people, don't go there. Don't go and look out and go look for Elijah because he's not here. But they still went out and did it anyway. You see, they turn away from God's truth uh, of the prophet Elijah that, that is taking this place in this scenario situation. See, Elijah being emotional was telling the people he's not here. But he still doubted God's word. He still doubted God in a way of disrespecting him and being like, man, I don't believe you. You you, you crazy, ball-headed. You crazy. We're going to send 50 men out and go find him. And for three days, they did not find him. How many of y'all have you ever seen that movie where he, he is risen? How many of y'all have seen that movie? How they, after the Messiah, after Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, they were still on the rampage to look out look for the body. If you will not see in the scripture here, they were out for three days. Do you not catch a glimpse of what the word of God is saying? This is a symbolic scenario situation that took place in the future of the New Testament. <coughs> Elisha was the symbolization of John the Baptist, a water boy. See, the only water boy that you ever see that only did two miracles. He divided the water. Amen. And he carried the water. But why did he carry the water? Because it had good flavor, salt, which is Jesus, and Jesus was that healer, salt, for the water to not be contaminated with death. You get it, what I'm saying? Do you catch a glimpse what the word of the Lord is telling you? And if you're not catching a glimpse, man, you need to ask the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you in the name of Jesus to reveal you insight what the Scripture's saying. You see, don't turn away from God's truth. Is point one, that's verses nineteen. Uh, no, verses uh, nineteen twenty-two. You can write those down, and you can get those jot those notes down because you can get a lot more than what I can. Amen. That's what's the beautyness about the body of Christ. And it says here, and a see, God's truth is a living word of good flavored salt, to each and every one of us is straight purified refreshments to the souls of the people. You see, that's what Elijah did. He says, a matter of fact, you know, you want to try to disrespect my Lord. You want to disrespect my God. Matter of fact, you guys are complaining about this water being contaminated with death and bareness and people are getting sick and they're dying. Matter of fact, let me go ahead. Since I ain't, you want to doubt me because I have no miracles. I ain't doing much. Let me go ahead. Matter of fact, you, you over there, give me a bowl of salt and let me go ahead and throw a bit of that salt into your water. And I want you to, matter of fact, I want you to go ahead and taste that water after. You can imagine the expression on the look of the people and when after the salt was being put in the water, they were able to drink. You can imagine all of them just coming together. Man, I didn't gather as much man, this, this water source is good. You can imagine before Elijah was there and, and, and being the water boy, you imagine they were drinking most likely sewage water, irrigation water. Have you ever, ever drink irrigation out of a hose? I have. Not good, not good. Don't make a mistake I did. <laughs> and so the thing is, what I'm trying to say is it takes it takes a water boy, a servant a servant of the Lord. See he he being a water boy that people would say in a football game they wouldn't acknowledge him. They only acknowledge him and saying, Hey man, I need some water, give me some water over here. My players need to get fed. They need to get fed with some good source living water. You ever seen uh the movie uh Water Boy with Adam Sandler? Straight pure H two O. Let me tell you that that had a meaning too. The movie Waterboy had a meaning. Yeah, it was funny and all, but thing is, well, I'm gonna tell you why it had a meaning. Because in the end, him being a water boy, man, they doubted the fact that who he really was. You see, they doubted that the fact Elijah who he really was. He was a servant of the Lord just doing two things that the lord gave him requirements of hey you're going to have you're going to do two miracles elijah but that's enough for you but people are not going to see that enough for you you may do one miracle for something for the lord and people are going to see or you know you know everybody still has a calling so don't let nobody doubt you put you down because you can't do much what the other is doing you're part of god's family and for those who who don't see that they can't do anything like Elijah here? Emotional, suicidal. Uh, Elijah faced many battles. Eli a matter of fact, Elijah, Elijah faced the Jezebel spirit. Elijah, you know what Elijah did? He ran. You know what I'm trying to say in this scenario for y'all, people out there, brothers and sisters. It goes, it's including for me. It's that. Is this? See, Elijah doubted himself that he was not able to do any miracle. But he did. Elijah was the water boy. Everyone doubted him, though. See, because why? Because he did not do much miracles. He didn't do much. And people say, well, how are you going to be the servant of the Lord if you don't do much for the Lord? So you need to think twice before you doubt God's servant. You need to think twice of what you're going to, what you're saying. When you put down God's children, and you need to think about when you disrespect His holiness of who He is. When He does major work in the hearts of the people that love Him, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's got a couple more verses, and I'll tell you why. Because it gets it gets deep. <clears throat> you think what I'm just saying now is deep? I'm telling you, at the end of the scriptures, deep. You see, God's truth over Elijah was. When he was asked for Elijah's spirit to be a double portion. A double portion. He went to to McDonald's, like I said, you get, man, you get that double double quarter pounder. You get two pieces of meat, man. Two pieces equals equals a portion. A portion of God's spirit is in your life. And that's what God that that's what he was granted. But he didn't see it though until it happened. He split the, the water, he divided the crossover, and matter of fact, he gave the most flavorous of all salt that we need, and that's Jesus to heal the lives of people. Amen? And you see, and let me tell you down here, you see, carrying the water and giving the water. Matter of fact, that's actually what his his calling was, it is to hold the water and give the water. Hold the water and give the water. Same thing with John the Baptist. But what John the Baptist was, he was giving them the water of baptism. But Jesus was coming with that flavored salt of the Holy Spirit. That's what it needed. That's what it lacked, was the Holy Spirit's presence for all people to have. This is what we're looking at. So you shouldn't doubt nor disrespect God's presence or his servants that are over your life and teaching you and helping you. You shouldn't doubt God's people. Or leaderships and doubting, don't doubt people who are over you to help you and teach you and guide you and love on you. They have a major responsibility. So respect the presence of the Lord. Respect the presence of God. Because it's going to help you in the end. And let me tell you, down here. See, the water was contaminated with with cursed ground of sin. But until Elijah shows up with the best flavor of all is Jesus. Good purified salt to all to come and drink. Matter of fact, if you go in the New Testament, Jesus gives them that insight. You know, I'm going to, you guys want some, some new wine? I'm going to give you some wine. Matter of fact, it's the best wine you could ever have. Guarantee it. But it's not, it's non-alcoholic beverage. <laughs> it's non-alcoholic beverage. Matter of fact. It's a taste of my blood for you. Matter of fact, this won't kill you. It'll keep you alive. If you just take communion with me. Matter of fact, if you just accept me in your life. You see here, you can write it down, Matthew 5.13. You can read that. I encourage you, read that scripture. You see, check this out. He brought them Jesus. See, John the Baptist is also an example as a water boy. Just like I said. You see in point two. Don't disrespect the Holy Spirit. See verses 23 to 25. And this is how you won't disrespect the Holy Spirit. And verses uh, 22. So the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elijah. Which he spoke. See, you check this out in 23. Then he went up from there to Bethel. And he was going up to the road. Some youths came. From the city and mocked him and said, go up, you ball headed, go up, you ball head. And 24, so he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that happened? I'll tell you why. See the, the, these youths came out, you can imagine the probably silly teenagers putting down this old man, uh Elisha, who was emotional. Mm-hmm. He, he was just serving the Lord in every way that he can. And here he comes along uh, along a road, and here, here comes the youths. These teenager kids that are bullies made it more likely, and disrespecting him. But they what they didn't realize though when they disrespected him and the and the holy presence. That was over him was the presence of God. And what's crazy in, in, in reading this was when you disrespect the presence of God, you don't know the damage that'll come upon you when you disrespect Him and His family. You don't know the damage that is going to come on your life when you're disrespecting God's servants, God's family. God's people, and when you're putting them down, and, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're disrespecting them, you're, you're, you're backhanding them, you're, you're doing all this stuff to God's people. And when you read the scripture, Elijah turns around and pronounces a curse in the name of the Lord towards these 42 youths, teenager boys, more likely, or kids, what you would call, 42 youths were mauled by two bears. So what's what that's gonna what are you gonna do when you when the presence of the Lord comes around you? Are you gonna serve him? Or are you just gonna come against him? Are you gonna put down his people? Or are you just gonna, gonna, hey man, I don't know the Lord, and I need your help. Can you give me some of that, Jesus, Elijah? Can you can you give me some of that salt flavored that you have? Can I have a double portion of that spirit in me? Matter of fact, can I have Jesus in my life at all? Yes, you can. You can. But stop disrespecting the Lord. For all those who take the Lord's name in vain, read Exodus. Exodus 20, verse 7. A matter of fact, we're going to go there. Because I want to put this out there. For all those who misrepresent the Father, I want to encourage you to repent. Repent, please. In the name of Jesus, I love you. You can throw tomatoes at me. You can hate me. And saying, who's this guy to tell me in my life? Man, I used to sit in the same pews just like you, brother or sister. I used to sit the same, the same mindset mentality. Who's this guy to tell me that I'm not serving God and I'm not doing this way or that way? Who's he to tell me in my life? If that's the case, then why would God send prophets? Many prophets in the Old Testament were being killed for just trying to look out for the people. And you see, don't disrespect the Holy Spirit. That's point two. Verses 23 to 25, you can write that down and study it. Amen? And see, in A, when it comes to God's anointed, elected, chosen few, don't disrespect the holy presence of God in the lives of these who follow Him. Because you don't want to end up like an Elijah situation where you could be that person. I'm not talking about putting curses on you. I'm not talking nothing about that. What I'm talking about is when you come against God's people, when you want to put them down, you don't know the damage that's going to be waiting ahead for you when you die like that and you meet God. You don't know the damage you do when you speak his name in vain. When you, you see, I looked up that definition of when it comes to blaspheming God's name in vain. This is what it means, is doubting his attributes. Daddy, doubting that he is the true living God. That's what it means to blasphemy. Is when you question and doubt and speak profanity and you disrespect and you it's like spitting on a marriage. And you die that way. You end up in a situation where where these 42 youths get mauled by two cubs. As a matter of fact, by two bears is what it says. So the question is, do you want to end up in a situation like the 42 that get mauled by a bear? But you have another choice, though. You can get that living source water in your life. As a matter of fact, you can get his holy presence in your life if you just think about it. Think about it. See, we too refresh our mindset and have nothing but the mind of Christ and the knowledge of Christ and his wisdom. Relationship. It says here. Amen. And it says, um, and, and B, I'm going to give you some insight because I, did, I, did, I was doing some research. I'm going to point out six people that were worldly and disrespected the presence of God. I'm going to tell you the names of these people and how they died. And this is what happened. <clears throat> See, John Lennon, John Lennon, you know, the Beatles singer, the main singer of the Beatles, doubted God. He mocked God. Matter of fact, he, he put down on God. And this is how he died. He was shot six times. Quote and quote, when you do when you when you do the research, he quoted that there's no heaven. He quoted that God's not real, more likely. And he got shot six times. Matter of fact, everything went went, went big in that in the in the in the 60s and, and 50s. Everything was going big around that time frame to Christianity. There was a whole big protest and fights going on. About what the, the the remarks that John Lennon said, and on the behalf of the Beatles for John Lennon's actions, they apologized to all the people that were offended of John Lennon's remark, saying that God, that God is not real, that God God is God. There's no heaven, and it cost him six bullets in his body. Let me tell you another person. This guy, this guy was a, an elected president from Brazil. Ten Credo Neve is an elected president from Brazil. And what's crazy, he, di- he died in surgery before being elected as a president. And, matter of fact, he quoted that God can only remove him from office. Did you just kept, catch the glimpse? Watch what you say. He said that no one can remove him out of office besides God. And boy, did God remove him from office. But how did he remove him from office? He died in a surgery situation. I'm going to tell you another one. Kazuza. He was a poet. Songwriter. And he died of AIDS he doubted also God's word. He didn't believe in God. Matter of fact, he was a homosexual. Not putting those down that are that type of gender, but I'm going to let you know that God made Adam and Eve. Amen. He made Adam and Eve. Not offending you in the name of Jesus, but if you're offended in, in any way, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. And I'm going to love you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be praying for you, for all those who, who who are living this way or blinded by the enemy, that this is what you should be. But I don't see that for you. God made you a man. He made you a man for a reason. God made you a woman. He made you a woman for a reason. Man and woman to be together as one, together in spirit and truth with the Lord and flesh. <clears throat> And we're going to go down the line a couple more names. Bon Scott. Bon Scott also doubted God. As a matter of fact, he also disrespected the Lord's presence in the same scenario, situation. And he died of alcoholism. He died of vomiting. And you know what's crazy? Let me tell you something about So the RMS Titanic, this is the man that built the Titanic. And his quote was, Surely God cannot sink this boat. God cannot sink this ship. And what happened? The ship sank. Due to an iceberg situation. It says here. Marilyn Monroe. How many of y'all know that Marilyn Monroe also died uh, of rejecting the Holy Spirit? And blaspheming against God's Holy Spirit. Billy Graham. That for we all know. A a very powerful mighty man of God. Who uh, went to as a spokesman. To speak the word of God to Marilyn Monroe. And her remark was. She didn't need Jesus in her life. She didn't need salvation. Because she believed her salvation was. Her fame. All the things she was doing. Was her life of living. And she considered it to be worth it. And it cost her her life. You don't want to end up in situations. Like these. You don't want to end up in situations like these. Because let me tell you why. You're going to be completely separated from God. An internal fire where. You're gonna feel no love. You're gonna feel no hope. You're not gonna feel that unconditional love that you need because of your situations and mistake, the mistakes that you repeated to live over, and, and decisions, decisions of wrongdoing, and not turning to righteousness, not turning to salvation, not turning to Jesus to to get cleaned up and given another chance. You've been given the gift of salvation every day, and you still look at it as, as a game. I've been in your shoes. I said the Lord's name in vain too. And it's gotten me nowhere. Man, I should have been dead years ago. I should have been dead years ago for saying those words. As a matter of fact, I even questioned against God. I don't like you. Matter of fact, I don't need you in my life. But you know what's the what was so merciful? That the grace of God, that he kept me alive still. He says, no, that's not true. You don't hate me. You, you do not hate me, Eugene. I know you love me. And I'm going to show you. How are you going to love me? And look where I'm at today. It's because because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus' people. And, and investing Jesus in my life. And praying over me. And praying for salvation in my life. And it's the reason why I can see another day and thank the Lord. So you shouldn't disrespect God's presence. Man, like, think about it. Think about the consequence if you do. And you live that way. and you And you just live without care. Do you want to end up in the situations of the individuals I just named off? I don't want that for you. You are destined for a greater future in your life. And that's to get to know Jesus in your life. To be invested in Jesus. Like Elijah's investing Jesus and giving them that salt flavor in the water so they can drink and live and repent and turn away from sin completely. And learn righteousness, not self-righteousness. Learn righteousness kingdom righteousness, Jesus' righteousness, not man's way. this is not a game and then I wanted to close in closing, I wanted to let you know about the team that when they were playing that it was the lighthouse church, the lions team, man, it was a tough game on and off winning winning over winning winning over, winning over, and what really stunned me was. is this when they saw a player of our own being injured they rejoiced in a way of like ha 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 oh yeah we're gonna take the we're gonna win this we're gonna we're gonna go to the national championship seeing the remarks of the people on the other side give that to us but we don't give it back to them seen another brother get out of line and saying, and when they saw one of their players got injured, and a brother got out of line to say, ha, 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 back to you. But thank you, Jesus, for another brother that was to correct that brother and saying, hey, don't give it back, brother. Don't give it back. We're not that type. Matter of fact, we're not about that, man. So think about that. We too love them no matter what. Forgive them, no matter what. And that the Lord's presence will be on their life eventually. That they don't end up in a situation getting mauled by two bears. Two bears is is a meaning of of death at their doorstep. We don't want that for them. I don't want that for the backslider. I don't want that for that lukewarm Christian who's who's playing on both sides of the fence with life and and, and death. Uh, and I'm praying for those who who are coming to Jesus, but they just don't know how. So they question and doubt that if they are even valuable enough to come to the Lord. I'm telling you right now, come to Jesus. Don't look to the person right next to you or back there. Don't don't pay attention to your buddies, your friends, uh, girls and boys. I want to let you know, you make that choice. They can't make that choice for you. Don't let them delay of you getting to salvation. Don't let them delay you in getting to Jesus. I pray this message for all y'all tonight. And I'll leave two other scriptures. As a Matter of fact, I'll leave three other scriptures for you because we're not gonna we are not going we do not got much time. And you wanna we want you to go ahead and write down Exodus 27. That talks about not taking the Lord's name in vain. Think about that, chew on that, study it, and let the Lord, the Holy Spirit be upon you to reveal that to you. In Matthew 12, 3, 32, I want you to write that down, as a matter of fact, too. Here's another one. Luke 10, 12, 10. Write those down. Write those down. And I want you to write those down and, and study those verses. Study those scriptures before you even, like, if you could pray over food before you eat, pray before you read. Let the Holy Spirit give you insight before you start reading something. That's why he's there for you. That's it for tonight. Is that you know so this is other two more question uh two more points for you? Is why do you want God to damn you your whole life? Why do you want to disrespect your Lord and Savior who loves you so much? Think about that. Ask yourself that. Why do you want why do you why do you want to disrespect him so much like that? It's done nothing wrong to you. So go ahead and chew on that, study it, read it, apply it, learn from it. And let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father God, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just pray that tonight's teaching uh, would be upon those that who receive it and understand it. And I pray for those who are still having a struggle life, a struggle moment of understanding and perceiving. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that Jesus just t- touch their hearts, touch their minds, uh, fill them up with Your Holy Spirit, God. Let them feel Your presence. They're craving for Your presence, God. They're hunger for Your Word. They just don't know how to come to You. So I pray for them, God. I pray for the backslider, the lukewarm. I pray for those who who try to live in in righteousness but end up are stuck in self righteousness. I pray for their lives as well, God. That it's about You, Jesus, not about us. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that salvation is upon them wherever they're at, God. That. That a humble servant across this world, God will touch them, minister to them in the right ways, God, in Your truth and mercy and grace, God is over us all and forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for what You've done on the cross that no man can ever take up and go and 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 actually go what You did, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank You for taking our spot and taking that punishment, God, and, and taking and shedding Your precious blood over mankind. Thank You, Jesus, for all that You do. In each one of our lives, give us good rest, God. And tonight, and, and, and filter our minds with your word and, and our hearts, God. Flush out the world stuff and fill us up with you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.